Hello, and welcome to Our Parallel Paths, a future for my loved one with a disability and for me. I'm your host, Jerry, Dr. Geraldine Arango-Dealy, and this podcast is about just what the title says, the parallel paths of family members, certainly parents, sometimes siblings as parents age or pass on, and their loved ones with intellectual disabilities. I'm a parent myself, and I always have questions. Our Parallel Paths is a podcast about creating a promising future for our adult family members with an intellectual disability and a promising future for ourselves as that role of family member evolves alongside them. There's more than one path. There's more than one future to talk about. And that's why we're here. Some remarkable people share their stories on our parallel paths. And I really hope that the stories and the wisdom resonate with you and give you ideas and hope for your path. I am delighted to introduce today's guest, Terry Brewer. Um, Terry and I have the same supports broker, Bradley Beck, who you may remember from our episode on managing support staff back in season two. Bradley shared with me when I asked him that Terry's is a story that we'd need to hear as someone who's supporting her son, William, to live his vision of an everyday meaningful life. I often see William's work. He paints. I see them on Facebook and his William's World page. And I've been to presentations by Terry on topics like the life course tools, which I think might be a really neat topic for another podcast episode. And I know that William and Terry are both active in an organization called SAU1, Self-Advocates United as One. And I think I want to learn more about that because I might share more about that with Nick. So welcome, Terry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. First of all, what did I leave out? How would you describe yourself to those of us who don't know you real well beyond my description? I'm just a parent trying to do my best to make sure that when I leave this earth, my son has the best life possible and that I've done what I can do to set that up. Okay. That's just my hope. I hear you. And, and ditto. Are you currently working outside the home? Uh, I work for uh, SEU One, South Advocates United S One. I am one of the Southeast coordinators, so that is from home. We do do trainings outside, but most of my work is is at home, which is very beneficial. Okay. And William is a power coach for South Advocates United S One, so he does trainings. He actually does more traveling than I do. So. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. What a nice, nice opportunity for William to just get out there and, and spread the word as a person who is living the story, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I always offer my guests, listeners, a choice of questions or things to reflect on before we talk. And Terry chose the topic, a day in the life. And so I know I'd like to learn more about William's story because, you know, a day in his life and I'm also kind of curious about the path that William and Terry navigate together, even when they're not physically together, because you know what? I think that day in the life topic is 
like a day in the life of William, a day in the life of Terry, and a day in the life of William and Terry. And so how do you, how did you guys get to where you are now? And how do you, Terry, stay strong as you're supporting your son and yourself on the parallel path? Well, I think it, for one thing, I have a very good support system with my husband. So we, you know, just process and do everything together. During the early stages, you know, when you bring a little baby home, he's so cute and looked perfect to me. But um, we noticed that he was not doing, like, making the milestones that, children are supposed to make. So we took him to his pediatrician and were referred to supposedly a well-known pediatric neurologist at the time. And um, after some tests, uh, they told us, and mind you, William was, I'm going to say, eight months at the time, eight, nine months. And um, we were told that William would never walk or talk. What we saw is what we got, and to put him in an institution because he was going to interfere with our then three-year-old daughter. Ooh, may I ask, how old and is William? He was about nine. I'm going to say nine months old. He was nine months old. And how when old? We were. And how old is he now? <laughs> William is thirty-nine. See, wow. I mean, whenever I have taught. Um, on trainings, we talk about that history and that answer that people would get and mm-hmm. kind of wanted to believe that that was something from a long time ago, something so long ago that they would not say, hey, institutionalize no. him. Just tell him, tell your family, you know, and he's 39. No. And so that's that's remains the worst. And it's too way So too- that was Way too recent. That was, yeah, that was very devastating. I call that the summer of tears because it was about July. And um, while we didn't know what we were going to do, we knew we weren't going to do that. Yeah. So we just took it one day at a time and just tried to model Uh, his behavior, you know, model for him what he should be doing. That's what we were told we should do. You know, we were crawling around on the floor and, you know, showing him how to crawl. And our daughter, Kristen, at the time was a tremendous help. She didn't realize how much she was helping, but she was tremendous help. And um, we finally were able to get him into and approved daycare because I put him in a regular daycare mm-hmm. because I figured, I don't know what I thought, but mm-hmm. it was a mistake. Okay. So we got him um, into Kencrest and from there, United Cerebral Policy, and he's just, you know, taking steps. Uh, on his own, he never crawled. He rolled from place to place, and then one day he just got up and walked. <laughs> so the one thing that we have noticed is that William, we feel like he analyzes what needs to be done, and whether he's practicing or doing something 
on his own, I have no idea. Hmm. But I do know that um, he ends up doing things. So from there, he went to um, an approved private school uh, and his his entire life. I really, at the time, I didn't know about, um, you know, integrated classrooms or anything. I, I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. So what I was, I did basically everything I was, we were told would work best except for institutionalizing him. Mm-hmm. And he actually, he thrived. Um, he went there his entire, um, until he was 21. Mm-hmm. And his first, I would say, act of advocacy was with an approved private school. You can stay in the same classroom for a few years until the teacher decides that you need to move on to the next. He went back one September and moved himself to another classroom. Wait, what? <laughs> he refused, He moved himself to, he evidently knew which was the next classroom up, and that's where he went. Okay. And I got, a call and they, I got a call and they said, um, William moved himself. I said, what do you mean he moved himself? Because at that time, I was very comfortable with the teacher. I knew everything. So I was like, okay, well, let's see. So he thrived. He graduated from there. And uh, we didn't want him to go there five days a week. So we found another program, which was more so out in the community. So he went to this one program two days a week, and he went to his main program three days a week. And we thought that that was working fine. And then we were told about an art program. So we decided, William decided that he wanted to do that. So it's always been an, a very, it's, been evolving. I can't say that we, you know, I always tell people we kind of fell into a lot of stuff. William wanted to do it, so we just gave it gave it a try. And that art program closed. So this was when we started with self-direction and had a young lady, a wonderful young lady who was an art student uh, she was getting ready to graduate. She had absolutely no idea. She never worked with anyone with a disability, which I thought was a plus because she didn't have preconceived notions. And yeah, it really can she be. Started, yes. And she said, I just want to see if he can paint. I said, all right. And she brought all, she, she brought all of her supplies and she came downstairs with a painting of a pin cushion and a thimble, which was very recognizable. I said, yeah, you did that. And she said, no, that was William. And that's how we knew that he could do this. Okay. And we, we started from there and it just evolved to the point of now he goes to no 
day program whatsoever, and he self-directs five days a week. And he chooses what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, where he wants to go. Um, he's participated in different art shows. Um, he's been published in a book. Um, he received a um, grant. This was through another of his support workers, and I have been so very blessed and fortunate that the staff that have come into his life have all been free thinkers and willing to just try different different things. And I know that I'm very fortunate in that. And um, that's that's William. That's William to the point that um, last, well, this August was the first time that my husband and I ever went away alone without any children. Ooh, and cute. we have been, we, we've been married for 44 years. That's huge. And we, we never, we never did it. And we no. were able to take a cruise because of the support staff, because of, um, you know, everyone stepping up and just wanting us to to be able to have that opportunity and feeling that William was ready and able to do it to the point that he flew down to Texas to see one of his other a young lady that used to work with him, Erin. I know that. Uh, she, she, she moved to Texas and uh, he flew down there for a few days okay. by himself. By himself. Okay. By himself. Wow. So it's been an evolution. It it really has. The more he's shown us, the more confident, you know, we are with his ability and what he is able to do. And um, the next big thing is him having his own place. Okay. So it's been a real journey. It, it sounds like it. It sounds like, you know, you've kind of... Sometimes when you speak to people, you know, they've kind of gotten schooled in all of this stuff before it was happening or right away. But it sounds like, you know, you guys kind of really were following William and learning we this and for him right all along the way. You were kind of, I don't know. Um, yeah, his 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 story was, your story is so informed by his um trajectory and you're learning alongside him um and you felt it sounds like you felt like you had a lot of trust in the systems and the people who were working with him all along the way is that so we were very fortunate okay and everybody didn't work out i'm not gonna no. i'm not right. gonna no, that's okay but when we felt like there were glitches along the way or something just wasn't working out, we took William's lead because while he is not going to necessarily sit down and say, hey, mom, you know, such and such isn't working out and I feel like we need to change, his, he would let us know that he's not comfortable with certain things. Um, 
there was one program that he was going to, and I just knew he loved it. I couldn't stand it, but he wanted to go. So we went, you know, he went, and I just kept my mouth shut. But when, after the pandemic and everything started opening back up and he was able to go back, he, I put on a piece of paper the days, Monday through through Friday, what he wanted to do, and he could put down where he wanted to go, and that was not an option. Okay. He didn't write it down. Okay. So everything has really been informed by him, and it, it, it was never really, I can't say that we sat down and it was like a well-thought-out plan mm-hmm. or anything. It was just, I don't know, well, he doesn't want to do it, so okay. Um, we just basically followed what he wanted because we're not going to be around forever. And in most cases, he's going to, you know, the child outlives the parents. Yeah. And we always, we always had that in our mind that he's going to be here without us. Yeah. And if I could, I could orchestrate things from the grave, but I don't think that's possible. And coming up from the grave. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that, you know, especially as a person who, like Nick has lost his father nine years ago. Um, but that's what I think has been a theme of of this podcast is people sort of saying, you know what, this is, I'm not going to be here forever. And here's what mm-hmm. I think about. So you're another another precinct heard from on that. And so um, I wonder, are there things that you kind of wish you had known before you started on this journey with William? Are there things that I think would have made it more doable? I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm feeling like it was pretty a pretty good journey so far, but are there things you wish you did know that you think might have helped? I- in in the very beginning when we after the disaster with the neurologist and we went back to the pediatrician um we were told he needs early intervention Mm -hmm. i didn't know what early intervention was okay I had no clue. I I knew absolutely nothing, and it just dropped on you, and that was it. <laughs> I hope that is better now for for parents. But we were told that and sent along our merry way. So they just dropped no the guidance, mention, and no connecting to anybody. No, no, we were not connected to anyone. No one. No. So what I started doing was, and I will date myself, the blue pages of the phone book. Yeah, because you can't Google that. And I just, yeah, we, we can Google now, but I had the blue pages of the, of the phone book and I just started calling and I would, you know, just call back and forth and some people, they, I had no idea. And what I, the one call that I did make was 
the governor's line at the time to special education or something, and they put me in touch with, that's how I initially got hooked up with Ken Kress, and I kept making different calls, and I guess in one of those calls, I must have put a, put his name on a waiting list because they told me, oh, his name is on this waiting list, and there's an opening next month. Wow. Wow. But I do, I, I hope that it's better now, that there's more information. I really could have used a lot of more information and just being connected with um, another parent. Okay. Uh, because when you're told that your child, and at the time, William really was not doing anything. Okay. Uh, but when you're told that your child isn't going to be able to do anything <sighs> and you have nowhere to go, you have no one to talk to. I had no one to talk to. It wasn't, it seems like there's more information now, which I think is, is great, but I didn't have that information. If there was anything that I could change, is just having more information. Maybe there would have been other projects or, or programs that we could have, you know, had him try out. Maybe he wouldn't have been in his 30s and we learned that he liked art. Wow. We had no idea he could, we had no idea he could paint, none whatsoever. Oh. He sews, he makes quilts. Oh, um, wow. We had no, we had no idea. We knew that he liked to take pictures. We knew that he liked um, videotaping. We knew all of this, but there's other things we didn't know because we didn't have a, a way to explore it. And we didn't have anybody to talk to when he was younger. We just didn't. And Terry, did it get, how was like the transition time? Do you feel like you had enough information when they started having the IEP transition pages added in? How was that? I will say, and this is um, George Carruthers School. Those teachers then were very um, supportive and they helped us through the um, IEPs, making sure that he had the, they told me that he needed to register, you know, with the Office of Developmental Programs about the waiver. They didn't have a whole lot of information, but at least they were able to point me in different directions. Okay for what I needed to pursue. Uh, so that's, you know, that's what we did. All I needed was somebody to tell me to go in a certain direction because I had no clue. Mm -hmm. So I did find, I did find that um, helpful. And it was it's very fortunate that the year he graduated, there was a big waiting list campaign um, initiative. Okay. Very big. All and right. he received, he graduated in June and he got the waiver in August. Okay. And I know, and I know that that is not, doesn't happen for everyone like that. No, it does not. No, it doesn't. But this was a big, it was a big initiative. Yeah. Um, and that's how he benefited. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So now you, you, how, what brings you, how did you fare in all these, these places where things worked and where they didn't work? What kept you strong? And I well, do everybody's strong all the time. <laughs> I think one of the things is, and maybe not, since I didn't have any information, I didn't know what wasn't what was supposed to work and what wasn't supposed to work. It was like my the only expectation I had was what I wanted for William, and I didn't have necessary. I had people who didn't understand because you know nobody understands what you're going through. Um, you know the the. the crying and the worrying and I mean at one point when William was younger he had no sense of fear and I had been out on the roof pulling him back in the house because mm -hmm. I don't know he wanted to go out there <laughs> so it so to say it was it was easy and I honestly think that it was my basically my support system between my husband, my daughter, and my mother. Okay. Okay. Um, they really kept me focused on, you know, not giving up. And, and also, sometimes you need, sometimes you just need to cry. And you don't necessarily need somebody saying, oh, it's going to be all right. Sometimes you just need to have a little pity party. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. And not feel guilty that you have it. Yeah. Because sometimes you, you can't just stay in it. Yeah, yeah. And I had people in my life who let me do that. Okay. And I think that that was one of the, you know, one of the um, strongest, you know, the strongest things because, you you can't be strong all the time and you do cry and you do, you know, but you don't want to hear those nice shiny words. And, you know, when you want to be miserable, just let me be miserable. Let me cry. I'll get over it, but I'm not going to get over it. If you keep trying to talk me out of it. Yeah. You know, just be with me. Let me feel what I'm feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. Yeah. You do have to, and that's such a gift, you know, when I find or I want to be the person who can sort of be with that person where they are right now, because it's like, you know, I can't, I can't fix it, but I'm here for you. That's such, mm -hmm. when I find that person, you know, I'm never going to let them go. Um, and I, tr you know, try anyway to, to try to be that person. You really want to fix it for everybody, but you can't. And so sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, allowing a friend, a family member to just be sad, it's huge. And it sounds like mm -hmm. that was really meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and another and another thing too is the fact that there's I think that there's a certain stage where, you know, when your child is growing up, they do cute things or they learn new things and you're like, oh, my God, I did, oh, my God, wow, you know, but you get over that because they, they get older. Mm -hmm. I never got over it with William. 
when he does something, oh my goodness, I can't, oh, all right, oh, he flew on a plane by himself, oh, he did okay, oh. It's, I still have those moments of, wow. That's kind and of, that keeps me, yeah. yeah, that keeps me going. That that never went away. When he got, it's like, wow. So therefore I can see the potential and I can see the growth and I can, I can see that, you know, he, he can do it. He'll be able to do it. All right. And and you're and, and to have those little celebrations all across a person's life. Um mm-hmm. we celebrate our our children's victories and and you know cry with them in their moments. But I, I get it that those moments of wow, I had no idea you could do that are mm-hmm. to embrace that and really and really notice it and really kind of realize that that's happening, that can sustain. Mm-hmm. And keep you going. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? Mm-hmm. Other things keep you going, Terry? What else? What do you do for you? I think, well, I think my faith keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just living in the moment. You know, as I, as I get older, I find that, one, I want to take the road of least aggravation. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that as often as possible. Um, I try not to fluster myself, and I try to make things as easy and convenient as possible for me. Okay. You know, because yeah. um, take care of you. If I don't, yeah. If I don't feel like doing something, I don't do it. Yeah. If, and that's not always. I think younger. You know, I might have been more of a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and trying to live up to expectations of this is what I should do, this is what I shouldn't do. Um, Now, I just don't care. I do what's best. I do what's best for me and my family. Okay. Okay. And it's freeing. Yeah. Yeah. It, It most certainly is. Yeah. It most certainly is. And I, I think it can open you up to the fact that, you know, it, everybody doesn't have to love everything you do and it's still okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. In surprising Absolutely. ways. Surprising ways. Um, so you're, you were saying that you are, you are in uh, involved heavily in SAU one self advocates United is one. What, what do you do yes. in that organization? And you and tell me more about that. Yeah. If you would. Well, we do. Um, we have different, we work on different grants, particularly now, one of the, the grants that I'm assisting with is a housing myth busting for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And we're in the early stages, we're developing a, um, a, a PowerPoint, uh, we will be um going and educating people with disabilities. We're working with a fabulous, fabulous um group. Can I say the group's name? Sure. Huh? Yeah. Family families can. They're a wonderful, wonderful organization. CCA. And we we yes, yeah. and we are working with them. So that's one thing that's exciting. You know, we've been talking to 
you know, just people with disabilities and what what is their idea of of housing and can they get it and what what do they think and we're interviewing people who are living on their own and uh, what they're doing is some of the myths that they're busting. So that's that's very exciting. I also, um, in my role, we have people who use devices mm -hmm. to do the presentations. So I make sure that the information is translated in such a form that they can put it in their device and they can do the presentation. So we're, we're all about making sure that self-advocates um, are seen, that they're heard, their opinions are valued, um, their point of view is forefront in everything that that SAU one does. And that's why we uh, do what we do. We're a statewide organization okay. all over this, all over Pennsylvania. We do trainings all over Pennsylvania. Uh, we have wonderful self-advocates who do the trainings. Uh, there are facilitators there, but it is the self-advocate who does the training. We have virtual training. Okay. Um, we're online, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. So um, it's all about supporting the mission of, you know, self-advocacy and um, individuals doing their best and being their best and speaking up. Hmm. All right. I really will have to share this with, with my Nick. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. So, so now tell me what's next for your self-advocate, for yourself, for you, your William, for your family. What's next? What are you working on? As a, What are you guys working on? Well, the big thing is housing. Okay. Uh, William, William wants to move. He's been wanting to move. Uh, he wants an apartment. Uh, he's been sending me, even though he's right down the hall, he will text message me just to remind me that he wants an apartment. <laughs> so we are really trying to figure that out. Um, how does he afford it? Um, it's a lot that goes into it. Yes. You know, the different supports that he, he needs. I, I, and I do believe that he most certainly can do it. I think that the obstacle right now can be affordability. Mm, okay. You know. Okay. So that's kind of what we're 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 focused on on now is trying to make his he wants to move out. Okay. And we want and we want it to happen for him. Want it to happen. And we want it to happen. We want it to happen for him before it becomes an emergency situation. Sure. That's hmm. what we want. We want him to be settled because like I said, um, in all likelihood, your child outlives you. Mm -hmm. And I don't want, I just want him to be settled when, you know, the next stage of both our lives come. 
I hear you. I hear you. We're, that's what we were working on as well. You know, and I think that so many families are because we all realize that the natural order of things is that, you know, the folks go first. And, uh-huh. so, you know, we want to have our, our loved ones in a good place. And, and that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, uh-huh. but you're on it. And it feels like William has, you've always kind of followed William. And as he's sharing that with you, you're, you know, kind of working on it with him. And so I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to take time, but, but it's going to happen. I feel like it's going to happen, frankly. <laughs> I, I, I believe so. I, and you know, people look to look at the William now, as opposed to when he was younger. I, I never saw it. Hmm. I didn't know what, he, I, I didn't know what his future looked like, but I didn't know. I didn't see it. I had no, I had no clue of the young man that he is now. I just didn't, I just didn't see it. But you, you know, I, you know, cause mom always wants to, you know, protect and uh-huh. sure, you know, and him not get hurt or, or whatever. So, you know, he has to take chances. Our daughter, you know, has taken chances and she lived her life and that's what he needs to do too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's the, that dignity of risk, you know, and saying, you know what, you have to try. And if, if you fail, certainly I know I've failed and I've failed in my opinion on some stuff with my children, both of them, um, that's, mm-hmm. that's life. You know, and, and exactly. yeah, and so we have, I maybe we have to be kind to ourselves and say, you know what, we may go down that road a bit and then turn back and mm-hmm. you know, you learn something from it and you keep going. But that's the, that is the whole thing. You have to give people the ability to give it a shot. And it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Lord knows, Lord knows I've made some mistakes being young and growing up. So why can't he? Why can't he? Okay. Terry, is there anything else that you'd like to share um, that I haven't asked you about? No, I think we I think we had a good conversation. All right. Okay. I think I've told you more than I've told a lot of people. Oh. <laughs> well, you've told us and the whole audience, it's been wonderful to talk to you. And I'm really glad that you uh, made time to talk with me today and to, to share your story and William's. And to give some thoughts and and wisdom for the journey, and just to know that like there's all these different ways that we do this, you know, but where our outcomes we hope are are the same that we want our our loved ones to have a vision of their lives and and that we can help them, and then when we're gone, that it, it keeps going, you know. So absolutely, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank and, you for having me. Uh, it's been my a joy. And so um, I guess we'll we'll end it here. And I'm going to thank you, my listeners, for spending time with us today on, and Terry Brewer, on today's par- Our Parallel Paths. And so I hope that you will like and follow our pa- podcast, share it with your family and friends. And, and I really hope that you'll return to listen and learn from more stories of people like you and me and our loved one with a disability on our parallel paths.
you're not alone. We're all in this together in our ways. And I hope that this and all the, our episodes help you to feel that you're not alone. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.